Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in session. Today We have started, a couple weeks ago, we started a series called Bold Prayers. I wanted to say it like a little bit, you know, I don't have that deep look kind of rustic. I was like, bold prayers, you know, where it sounded real tough and, and mighty. But, you know, I, maybe I need to gargle some glass or something to kind of get that rasp or something. I don't know. You know, bold prayers, bold prayers. All right. Anyway, you get the point, right? Of, of what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that it's really important that we do. Now, I talked, we, we, we opened this series with the, the point of this. Prayer can be intimidating. I, I think it, it, it shouldn't be, but it is. Of course, that's the enemy. He does that. But I think often we kind of project or we begin to decide what, we, what prayer should look like according to how we see others pray. Sometimes we see some people pray and they're like, man, those, those guys are like, they must be professional prayers uh, because they're really good and it, and it can get intimidated. Um, maybe I'm the only one, but I'm like, how do they? And I'll be like, I'm a pastor. I should be praying like that, man. You know, and, you, and so you, you kind of get intimidated. And so maybe even though we know that prayer is powerful and we know that it's mighty and it's awesome, sometimes we just don't pray like we know we should often because we're a little bit sensitive or don't think we can do it well. We just feel like sometimes we're maybe pray failures. There are other reasons, too. Sometimes when we pray, sometimes I think we pray in a way that we, um, we pray safe prayers. I'll say it that way. And sometimes when we pray safe prayers, sometimes when you pray, it, you begin to kind of pray out of tradition, out of habit, uh, maybe not putting a lot of thought and mind into it. And, you're not, and with that, then we don't always see a lot of power behind it, and we just kind of wane off. And so I think that, that sometimes it's caused because of the fear of not praying correctly, and other times it's just the fact that we just don't understand or have not realized what a gift it is that God has given us, that we can go boldly to the throne room of grace through Christ Jesus. Amen? So I want to talk a little bit more about that. Last, the last... Uh, series not last week last week we shared our vision what god has for us for this year um the week before we started with the first installment of this series bold prayers was make me bold if you remember we talked about the passage in acts uh, chapter four where where john and peter and john were headed to church and they came across a man that was crippled uh was sitting out at that what they, the bible says sitting out outside the, the gate of beautiful he pr they prayed for him. He instantly was healed, jumped up, and, and began to get excited. Well, the Pharisees didn't like that. The, the temple guards didn't like that. They were a little intimidated by that thought. And, and so um, anyway, they got thrown into prison. They got threatened, all of that stuff. And they finally get an opportunity to talk, to kind of share. And the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they all said, listen, um, we're going to let you go, but you can't do that anymore. 
You can't preach the gospel anymore. You can't share. And, so, and, they, and they prayed a prayer, Acts chapter 4, verse 29. This is the bold prayer that they prayed. So they prayed this. Um, they, were, they said, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. And here's the, bold, here's the bold prayer. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. We know that they were jailed a couple times. They were threatened. Life, all of those kind of things. These are the same people that, of course, crucified Christ. And so they were not particularly people that you wanted to upset. But they, they, they prayed this bold prayer. God, make me bold. They had just as compelled to want to continue to follow after and do the things of God. They were unshakable in their conviction. And they had this real urgency. They prayed a bold prayer. Now, with a bold prayer comes a very bold, uh, 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 we have to understand the count and the cost. And so I'd like to say that, you know, from there on in, they, you know, they, everything was great. They had a wonderful rest of their life. They did amazing things. They absolutely did. But if we read the story of Peter and John, they had some, still had struggles all through. And, and you're like, well, that's a bummer. That's not cool. But it's reality, and I think it's important that sometimes we get an understanding that when we pray a bold prayer, we are definitely changing, things are going to change in the world. The trajectory of what God is doing, we come partner with him, and he moves in mighty ways. But there's also this fight. Someone say a fight. There's also this fight of, of continuing to press on to the prize, to continue to push on and to do what God's called us to do despite being tr- hindered by the enemy. Amen? Okay, so there's perseverance. And so um, I, I don't have time to go through the whole uh, first message. You'll have to go online and watch it again, but I do want to continue on to this week because we're going to talk about another bold prayer. This bold prayer we're going to look at, we're going to go back to the Old Testament. We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this is a bold prayer that we, we want to look at. Now, I'll just give you some context. As you're, you can turn there if you'd like. 1 Samuel chapter 3. The context is this. This young man, this boy really, is in, is in the temple, is serving under the priest Eli. Now, Eli is uh, the priest of, of, of this temple but he's not particularly uh doing well in that job in other words he's not really leading well the reason he's not leading well is because his kids are kind of out of order they're sinning they're doing some really horrendous things and you know kids will be kids but he wasn't after trying to help correct them help bring them in and god warned them about that and he they kind of just ignored that and so he just wasn't leading well in this place now i'll also tell you that samuel this little Samuel, he is, they think, between 11, 12, 13, possibly in this moment and in this time. Now, you also need to know that Samuel was dedicated to the temple, to work in the temple uh, under Eli uh, from the time, the Bible says, as soon as he was winged from his mother. And so we can imagine what that, I don't know the timelines historically, what that looks like uh, back then. But we can, we can sure surmise that he was quite young. And so he's working under this, and he's dedicated to the Lord. And so anyway, he finds himself um, one night, in the middle of the night, he's sleeping, and Samuel's in bed, and he hears a voice, Samuel, Samuel. 
And so Samuel gets up as a young man, a boy. He gets up out of bed. He runs into the priest uh, Eli's room. He's like, how can I help you? And he's like, and, and, and Eli's like, I didn't call you. It's three in the morning. Would you go to bed? And so he's like, oh, okay. So he goes back to bed. So Samuel is, is laying in bed again, and again he's, he falls back to sleep, and again he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he gets up. Samuel gets up, and he walks into Eli's room again, and he says, yes, Lord, how can I help you? He called him Lord, Scripture said, because he was king or he was the ruler, not Lord, but Lord. That makes sense? And so he, he asked, and again, the, Eli's like, I did not call you. I was sleeping. So should you be. Go back to bed. Three times, another time he comes, Sam, he, Samuel's laying in bed. Samuel, Samuel. And he wakes up, he runs in there. Now this time, Eli... The priest gets a catch. He's like, ah, you know what? I think the Lord is trying to speak to you. Go back to, into bed, and if he speaks again, if you hear your name again, answer. At, tell him that you're listening. And here we find ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. And the Lord came and called before Samuel, Samuel. Now I want to remind you, this is the fourth time. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, this is, remember, this is a little boy, 12 or 13, fourth or fifth grade. He, he, he begins to pray this bold prayer. The Bible also says, I should tell you this, that the Bible says that the Lord had not been speaking very much in this time. So this was a, a, a brand new time. This is a weird thing. And the Bible also says that Samuel had never heard from the Lord before. And he answers him. Samuel answers and replies. He, this is the bold prayer. Speak. Your servant is listening. Now you're thinking, well, what was the big deal response? Because the, the, the idea was that God spoke. He had faith enough to begin to speak through Eli's prompting, I'm going to listen, Lord, speak to me. God spoke to him. Samuel heard his voice. I'm saying that's pretty cool, right? That's pretty awesome. Aside from the fact that he is a teenager or even a preteen even or even younger, he hears his voice, hears the God. This was the problem. It was what... God said to Samuel, let me tell you, it was not easy to hear. It wouldn't be easy to hear for an adult, let alone a child. Before I tell you what he said, I want to ask you a question today. We're going to have a little Bible trivia. Ready? You ready for your Bible trivia? You're set on the edge of your seats. You're ready to hear? This is the Bible trivia. This is the question. How many times... In the Bible, when God spoke and he gave an assignment, how many times was it easy to fulfill? Yeah, let me think about this again, right? Every time that God, let me just look, go back a little bit. Every time that God spoke and he says, I need you to do this assignment, how many times was it like, oh, man, that is a piece of cake, God? How many times? No, if we look back, and let me just kind of give some just quick ones because... 
we all know the story about Noah. Noah, God told Noah to build him an arky, arky, right? Is that how that goes, something like that? All right, sorry, eCampus. Uh, so God tells Noah, Noah, I need you to build an ark. And while you build an ark, I wanted you to build it as big as a football field. And, 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 and he's like, okay, God, that's right on. Okay, cool. Oh, by the way, God, what's an ark? Oh, what's a football field? What, what's the distance here? What flood? What's a flood? Because nothing had ever happened like this. In fact, the Bible says that it probably didn't even rain. The water, the world would water through from up underneath the world. That was the dew kind of a thing. So at this point, this is kind of crazy thought. And of course, with a crazy thought and a crazy uh, scheme of this kind of, of this caliper, his reputation was a little bit jilted with his fellow man. Oh, by the way, Noah, not only are you going to get this ark, build this ark, you're going to put all of the, you know, you're going to put two of every animal in there. No problem. Hey, by the way, the whole human race is going to be annihilated, and you and your family are going to be responsible to repopulate the whole world. Okay, God, no problem. I'll get that done at lunch. Anything else? It's a pretty tall ask. How about Jonah? We all know about Jonah and the whale. Do you know that Jonah was, God spoke to Jonah to go to Nineveh. He, went, he asked him to go to a place, it was probably at the time one of the most godless, violent cities, and God asked Jonah to do this. He didn't go to tell him, you know what, you guys are awesome, way to go. He told him, you better turn or you're going to die. This is what God told him to say. Repent or you will die. Piece of cake, right? We'll jump to the New Testament. Mary, a teenage girl. An angel of the Lord came, spoke to her, and said, uh, Mary, you're pregnant. Uh, Lord, I'm not married. You're pregnant. It's okay. No, not only are you pregnant, but you are impregnated with the Son of God. Okay, cool, awesome. Think about that for a moment. When God spoke, think about her reputation. In in those days especially, that would have been a very interesting event, to say the least. Every time, every time, God spoke. He gave an assignment. It was never easy. When we pray a bold prayer, expect that it's going to be a challenge. But know, on all of those stories that I mentioned, every one of them were fulfilled. And we are still talking about them today. In fact, they were so fulfilled that people's lives were changed. They received Christ. They received the Lord. They received an opportunity in this time. Listen, when God speaks what he says, it's going to convict us. It's going to stretch us. It's going to feel impossible. When you begin to pray a bold prayer, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And when Samuel heard 
the voice. God didn't say, just like others, God didn't say, uh, your life now that you've heard me is going to be wonderful. He says, I need you to go tell the one that you've lived under, served. The Bible gives us a, a depiction that, that probably Samuel very much loved Eli, kind of like a father figure. And, and, and it kind of insinuates that Eli felt the same about him. And Eli was given this message that was not necessarily beautiful. He didn't give a message to say, hey, everything's going to be perfect and beautiful and wonderful. He gave a really bold, bold, bold response. Your priest Eli, send. And he's turned, tell him that he's, he's going to receive judgment. Can you imagine 11, 12, 13-year-old being given this bold assignment? Someone says, hey, I'm not going to ask God to speak because I don't want to hear what he says. Because we would think the enemy would scare us, but do you know that God has equipped us and appointed us? And I think that we feel this way in this time, like, God, why was I born in this place, in this time, in this atmosphere, and all of this, what's going on? Ah, because God has equipped you to make it, to not only just make it, but I believe God has called you to be able to thrive in it and through it and to be a voice for him. Amen? So I want to step back just a minute, and I want to just get a little, a little deeper in prayer for a minute, because we're talking on prayer. The very simplest definition that I can come up with prayer is to commune with God, to have a relationship with Him, to, to begin to have conversation, to kind of, if you would, hang out, talk to Him, and, and spend some time. It's not difficult. It's not necessarily complicated. However, prayer is not just talking. But prayer is also listening. I, I want you to understand that prayer is not just talking to God. But if we could say communication 101. If you're ever in counseling. ever take a certification on, on communication. One of the main things they say often is communication is absolutely talking but it's every bit of talking is there's a lot more listening that has to happen for communication to be successful or healthy, right? right. We could say, you've heard this, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it sure puts, paints a good picture that God gave us one mouth and two ears. Maybe we should be doing a little more listening and a little less talking. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk to God, but understand when, when the definition of God says, I want you to commune with us, the very meaning of communion is having a two-way conversation. Prayer is not just talking, it's listening. And I wonder, I wonder sometimes in my own life, I've got going, man, I've gotten praying. Pray, 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 I'm asking this and this and this and this and this. And I wonder if God's like, um, yeah, yeah. 
And I'm like, da, 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 you know, I'm going, I'm asking all these things. He's like, no, I'm sure he's not that impatient. But understand how many times do we just stop and listen to what God has to say. I believe that in prayer, often more is accomplished by listening than talking. In a relationship, there's often much more accomplished and building or strengthening or repairing a relationship by listening to the other person. Of course, that is a, a model. That relationship is, is simply a, a type of foreshadow of the kind of relationship what we have with our Father through Christ Jesus. Amen? God is always speaking. The Bible's clear on that. The question is, are we listening? When we ask the, God, speak, are we listening to the answer? So I want to back up just a little bit because this is where we get a little more simplistic, if you will. I would encourage you to read 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to kind of get out of there for a minute. And I'm going to ask the question because many people have asked this to me. Okay, I'm ready to listen. How do you hear the voice of God? This is a, a question that whether you've asked me personally or asked another, it's almost always something that's in our minds as we're learning to hear from God. How do we hear the voice of God? If God's always speaking, how, how do I ensure that I hear him? Now, I can't, be, um, uh, I, I can't pretend to say that I have all of the answers, but I believe we can give some insights. Uh, I think we could share with you, and I'll just kind of share with you a little bit, uh, maybe my journey somewhat, and, and I, I think we can see this in Scripture, and we'll, and we'll see Scripture to support kind of the journey. So you ready? If you've got your handouts, let's check it out. Uh, how do you hear the voice of God? How do we do this? Number one is to be still. Have you ever had a con- try to have a conversation with one of your young ones? And you're trying to have a conversation, and you, you, they ask you a question, Mommy, Daddy, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and you get to respond, and they're still going, da-da-da-da, and they're running around, and you're like, ah, just be still for a minute. Not Hunter, he was always great. You, you remember those times? Just be still. Sometimes when we begin to, to listen, we're like, God, I'm, I'm ready to hear you, man. Just, just go and speak. Just go for it. Just, just come here. And he's like, just be still. Psalms 46, God tells us how to experience his presence. He doesn't say, be frantic, keep talking, be busy, seek in the go, just keep moving and going. He says, no, be still and know I am God. Be still in know. That word is a very intimate word. To spend time, relationship, to cultivate, to spend time with him, to know I'm God. To spend some time with him. To hear God's voice, we have to slow the pace. We have to turn down the world's volume. We have to go before him 
And we, we pray. Now listen, we don't pray like Jesus said. Don't pray like the Pharisees. You don't have to go to me and pray and shout and make sure everybody hears your prayer. No, he called them actors. Or that was the, that's a nice word for hypocrite. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't stand at the, 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 the rooftops so everyone can see you. He says, no, go into your prayer closet. Go into your, your place. Close the door and just be still. How does God speak? I, uh, personally, I've never heard God speak audibly. You know, it would be cool if it was kind of like if God would speak. I, I've always wanted like that Morgan Freeman voice, you know, or... Uh, James Earl Jones, or, you know, some of those, you know, Charlton Heston, you know, some of those voices, it would be really cool. God hasn't spoken to me in that way. I'm not saying he won't or he can't. He just hasn't for me specifically. But how does God speak? I want to tell you just kind of four things, just kind of touch base real quick so we know God speaks through his word. God will speak through his word. He directs us. This word is a lamp into our feet, a light. A word into our, how's it go? Thank you, a light into our path. Right? This word is the direction that we need to go. The word of God is powerful, it's mighty, it, it doesn't return void, it's got everything we need, it's a guide, it's a correct, it's his very voice, it's not just a book. It's got directions. It's got, it's got history, so we know how to not repeat ourselves. It's got science to know where God is creation and all that he is. It's got, it's got a love story to know how to, to have relationship properly. It, there's murder mysteries. It's not boring. There's a lot of great things, and most importantly, it will direct and guide you, and it's always correct. So God speaks through his word. God will speak through people. God speaks through people. It could be a pastor preaching a message. It could be a song, lyrics of a song that's sang from somebody. It could be someone that walks up to you at the grocery store. People, prophetic. We see all through scripture, prophet, prophecy, prophetic words come. There are prophets. Samuel himself was a prophet. He was known through the whole land. The Bible describes the land, and it was a big land, and everybody knew him. And in fact, it says everything he spoke came to pass. He was a prophet. And so there's prophetic truths that can come through people, but it's not just, God doesn't just speak prophetically. Sometimes he just talks to you through somebody. Often I've had an opportunity where I've, been kind of one of those places where I'm kind of whining and crying, you know, and stumping my feet kind of thing. And often my wife will speak to me. And it will be the word of the Lord that I needed to hear in that moment in that time. I don't always like it. I love it. But you understand what I mean. God can speak through people. God will speak through a circumstance or a situation. The best way I can describe this is how many times, you know, just rhetorical, but how many times were you driving down the road and decided, you know what, I'm going to go this way instead of that way, and you find out that in that change, that saved you from an accident, or you heard something like that, or, or, um, or how about this? How many have prayed, you, you, 
early on in your life, you're, you're like, oh man, I'm going to marry that one. That was awesome. And how many realize that somehow that door got canceled, that relationship, and you're like, I don't know how that happened. You were heartbroken, all that. Thing. Now we fast forward 20 years, and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord, <laughs> that I did not marry that individual. God can speak that way. God can speak through circumstances. God will speak in a way that you can open. The Bible says it opens doors, closes doors. The circumstance can wonder, how, you know, you're like, oh, man, I don't know why this and this and this. That could be the Lord speaking, directing you. And, of course, the Lord can speak through Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit prompting. I don't, I often, you get woken up in the middle of the night. You just have a prompting to begin to pray. God will be speaking in that way. You might be just sitting doing your own thing. You're at work or you're doing whatever you're doing. And all of a sudden, instantly, someone's, someone's name comes to mind. And you just stop. You're like, I got to pray for that person. I don't know the situation. I don't know what's going on. But it's just a prompting, an action, if you will. That still small voice that says, you know, I need to draw attention. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. He'll move you. I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to call this person. Or I, need to, I need to give generously in this, in this place or this spot. So the Holy Spirit begins to, to do this. But in order for this to happen, all of these things, we've got to be Still. To know the Lord, to be able to listen, to be able to stop the noise and to listen. Number two, when the Lord speaks, we have to be still. Number two, when the Lord speaks, we have to be willing. You want to hear the voice of the Lord, we got to be willing to hear what he says. I know often, I've, I've mentioned this before, that I have begin to better and better switching my prayers because I often feel like sometimes I pray from the wrong kind of perspective. And when I begin to pray, I ask God, pray, I want to pray a God perspective, and then I begin to pray differently. Because sometimes I can pray, I'll never see the answer because I, I'm expecting in a certain way. And so I, I get, that gets muddied. And, and so we begin to pray, God, I just... I, I, I just want you to move. Or, or, not, you know, you pray like sometimes, and, and I'm saying there's times for this, so don't think that you can't, but there's times when I find myself and I'm praying almost like I'm writing a list of Santa kind of a prayer. Or, or when, I, when I'm done with the, when I'm done, I'm praying in a way that I'm expecting God to answer me in a certain way. It's almost like I'm demanding, yeah, yeah I want you to do it like this, God. Does that make sense? When we begin to hear God, listen, when we listen to God and we're still, listen, we have to be willing to say, okay, God, it's, it's not me, it's you. You do how you want to do. You speak how you want to speak. I'm willing. What if we, as we begin to pray in this way and we begin to listen, what if we, instead, to go, instead of going to God with a list of things, that we go with a blank piece of paper and listen to the still small voice. What if we would listen to say, okay, God, not my will, but your will. Lord, show me if there's anything in me 
Search my heart, O oh God. What if we were to come in this kind of prayer? What if we began to pray instead of, Lord, fix my spouse? What if we said, Lord, fix me so that I can be a better spouse? What if, what if it could be, uh, you know, one of these things, you know, I, I'm praying for my coworker instead of saying, man, God, get him. <laughs> and you don't mean it like in a good way. God, I, f- I pray that, God, I'm just willing to pray for them. I just lay down my own expectation, my pre- preconceived idea of what's going on with them. God, I'm just willing, whatever you want me to do to help minister, let me be that. Let me do that. Kind of lay it down, being willing. God, however you want me to use my gifts and talents at church, I'm, I'm willing to just lay it down. I don't want to really want to do this or this, or I don't feel called for this, but I'm willing to just listen to how you would have me to do. This was uh, definitely something I had to learn. I knew that God had called me into ministry. It was moving in that direction. We moved to Colorado Springs. That was the plan. We're going full-time. Awesome. We go to this church. We love this church. This was the church we knew we were supposed to come. And they said, all right, awesome. Come on now. I had said just previously, I'll do anything, but I won't. I'm not going to be the kid's pastor. I'll do anything else. I have no problem. And lo and behold, there was one position available, and they wanted me to have it. And guess what it was? Kid's pastor. Oh, Lord, I don't know if I heard you right that time. But thank, thank goodness, at that moment, I made a, a right decision. I've made wrong decisions, don't get me wrong. But in that moment, I made the right decision to say, yes, I'm willing. I don't feel called, but I'm willing. And God, we saw miraculous things. But most importantly, God knew the future. He knew that I was going to come and be a minister, be the pastor of a church that was, its middle name was Family Church. I needed to be understand. I loved my family, but I needed to understand the heart of God for the family within the church. I would have never learned that had I not been willing to surrender. Does that make sense? And it's changed, and I think the success that we've seen and the outreach that we've been able to do is it's, it's because of those kinds of decisions and like yourself, being willing. I don't feel like the teacher that I should be, but I'm willing. I don't feel like this and that or whatever. Whatever it is, however it is, and all of you, a lot of you are involved in some fashion or form. I know that many of you didn't feel called, but you were willing. And when you're willing, God will answer. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 says, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take what a beautiful promise and here's just a little quick warning make sure that as you're saying i'm willing make sure that you've obeyed what he showed you the last time before you ask him for anything further be sure that what he's revealed to you or shared with you, if you're like, and if you're, oh, let me just ask this question. If you don't sense God, you're not feeling his presence, you're like, man, I'm not sure. Go back to when he spoke to you, where you had that unction or that thought or that thing that he told you. Did you fulfill that? Did you work towards that? If not, go back there. Because why would God give us more if we haven't been able to handle what he's given us in that moment? Now, God, it's not like God's being mean. 
he just says, he, he, he doesn't want to overwhelm you. He's perfect. He's awesome. He's, he knows how we need to build on these things and these promises so that we can be strong and stout for him. And we can be mighty. And so if, they're, if you're not hearing, I, I, I say there's two reasons why you can't hear. Number one is, is, is often if, you, if God's not speaking, just maybe you're in the right place. Maybe he's, you're, he's, he's telling you, just keep doing what I told you to do. You're, you're on the right track. You're doing what you're doing. Or, number two, you didn't answer. You didn't obey. And he's not going to give you a new assignment until you work on the current assignment. You hear me today? You get that? Number three. Number one, first, we're going to be still. We're going to listen. Number two, we're going to be willing. Whatever you say, God, whatever you do, I'm going to do. And number three, to be ready. When he speaks, we've got to be ready. We're going to steal. We're being still. We're willing. Okay. And now we're ready. What does that mean? That means to get it done, to activate in it. When God speaks, it may not be what we want to hear. But like Samuel... He answered the call. He did what he was asked to do, and God promoted him. And it was received well. That was not good news. Oh, your whole family's not going to be in the line anymore of the priesthood. Uh, you're going to die without seeing it. No one, no one in your generation is going to be in the line. of. I'm changing. God's changing the trajectory of, of their life, their priesthood. And Eli took it very well because it, it bared witness to what he'd already been, God had already spoke to him. And you're like, well, I don't... Listen, but Samuel had it bold enough to pray the prayer. He was willing to listen, and he was ready to answer the call. And like I said before, Samuel became really the, really the first prophet. He, I'll, I'll say it like this. He wasn't the first prophet in Scripture, but he was the first prophet that had an office, a governmental office, if you will, of the prophets. It kind of started the office of prophets throughout Scripture. Not only that, but he was, he was the one, remember, that when, the Israel's, when Israel was screaming for a king, he, God revealed to him whom it was, and he anointed Saul to be the king. Of course, Saul was good for a little while and messed it up. And so when David was a little boy, Saul or Samuel anointed him as the future king. You see the life of Samuel and be willing to pray a prayer what God did with this young man. We're still talking about it. It's still life-changing today. You know, a lot of the scripture and a lot of the stories that we preach about and hear about and, and you're like, yeah, were written through First and Second Samuel. It was part of Samuel's life and his, his legacy that we get to live today why? Not because he was extra special, but he was willing to pray a prayer, willing to hear it, and finally ready to do it. When God speaks, it might not be what we hear, want to hear. We often don't feel prepared or equipped or qualified. Samuel could say, God, I'm only 12. I'm in like fifth grade. I'm, I'm still working on if people like me in my class or not. 
Do you understand? He says, God, I'm going to listen. I'm going to be ready to hear your word. Romans chapter 4, verse 20. This is talking about Moses. Paul says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. God answered Moses, of course. He answered him in a way he could have had a lot of excuses why he shouldn't have believed. But yet he did. He believed and it said it was accredited to him. Lord, speak. That's a bold prayer. But don't be scared of the prayer because God is a God who answers those prayers. And even if they're difficult, even when they're difficult, he doesn't call you to something that he doesn't equip you for. It's good news. This is what we would say is legacy. All of us have a desire to leave a mark. We don't want to just not be known. We don't want to just, it's something in us, this, this, this human thought that I don't want to be a nobody. I don't want to leave this world and no one even recognize that I, was, I lived in this existence. It's often what people are very scared about. And God's saying, listen, before the foundations of the world, I knew you. I had a plan for you. I have a call, a destiny on your life. But it does require that you would listen, be willing and ready. When it doesn't line up with what you think, are you willing? When it doesn't sound comfy and fun, are you ready? I believe we're saying yes. But we need to be reminded of the truth. You, you pray a bold prayer. Why is this bold? God, speak to me. We open up the opportunity for God to move. But many times the assignment is not easy. Let's stand to our feet here. I want to close with this moment. I know this is kind of a heavier word. I think we're able to handle it. Because I think we've understood that we, we don't want to just float by in, in our existence with our Father. We don't, we don't want to just feel good. We want, we want everything that God has. We don't want to feel good for a moment. We want to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. We don't come just to, to fellowship. We come because we want to be changed, transformed. We don't take time out. We could, there's a hundred other things that we could all be doing on a Sunday. We don't come just to feel good. We come to learn, to grow, to deepen our roots. Amen? And God desires that too. And not only does he desire it, he has planned that for you. He looks at each one of us as mighty warriors. Strong. Strong like bull. 
And how we are strengthened is by listening to the voice, answering, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be still and listen. Or we could reference Pastor Tara's, we're going to rest. When you rest in the Lord, his presence reveals himself. When we listen, when we verse still, listen, and we're willing, God, you use me. You do what you want to do in me and through me. I'm ready. And when we begin to get ready, God says, I'm equipped you with the Holy Spirit power to accomplish that thing. Think about this. When you receive Christ into your life, you need to listen. There was a, a voice. There was a compelling. You heard it for a moment. In that moment, things were quieted. And you heard the voice of God call. And you answered. You're willing to say, God, I need you. And you surrender your life. Say, Father, come into my life. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. And in that moment, God said, if you are ready, if you're willing. He said, I'm willing as I receive him. And he deposited within us. A new spirit, reborn. The old is gone, the new has come. He's given us the Holy Spirit power. The things that, was, that are creative, the things that are powerful and mighty and all the things that happen, he's deposited that in us. Now we're the temple in which that stands. We're equipped. But we're not given power just so we can brag about power. The reason he equips us is so that we're ready and we're able to do what he's called us to do. We, bold, we pray a bold prayer. God, I want to do something. I want to be something. Don't pray the prayer if you're not willing to count the cost. But I promise you the cost, though it seems high, pays dividends exponentially. Because when just one comes to the kingdom... The whole heaven begins to rejoice. When someone is lost and then they receive Christ and they found their eyes are open, there's nothing like that. And you can say, I've made a true difference. God helped and worked through me. I don't know why he used me, but I praise God that he used me. And all of the heartache and all the challenge getting to this point, it all falls away and you're so excited. Now, I've never given birth. But much of what I hear is that there's a lot of growing pains that happen during pregnancy. And much of that gets forgotten as soon as that bundle of joy is there. Now, you remember the pain. You're like, oh, I don't want to do that again until the next time, whatever. But the very idea, listen, when we pray bold prayers, there may be a labor. But you're not, you're, not just, you're not just laboring to labor. You're laboring because life is being born. And you and those that you minister to. Let us dare at Word of Life Family Church to pray a bold prayer because we want to see bold results. We want to see God move in a bold and mighty way. All of us desire that. 
And God says, as much as you desire, that is my heart. That is who I'm. That's why I sent Jesus for that purpose. So that I could move mightily on this world through my people. That's you. That's me. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this word. Though it was maybe difficult in a way to hear, it's also, it's reviving. It's got life in it. There's an excitement that there's a purpose that though we are facing and hard pressed, we will not be crushed. There's a promise that you'll carry us through that you said you never leave us, you'll never forsake us. God, I pray that we would, as we pray, we'd be bold enough to pray the prayer. Bold enough to say, God, now that we're praying these bold prayers, God, speak to me. I want to ask you, as you're bowing your heads, I just want you to think about this for a moment. I'm going to ask you to just do this. Just take a moment and let's ask, let's boldly pray, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this moment? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? What assignment? What have I, maybe the assignment that you've given me, God, how can I get back in that? Now be aware, when you ask this, he's going to answer you. So be willing. You just heard it. Be ready. He's got good news. But just ask, Holy Spirit, what is it? What's, what is it that you want to speak to me through this time? This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, Visit us on the World Wide Web at www.wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.